We're answering a few of your questions here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, December 9th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below stay tuned to the end of the show to find out the winners of colby's card giveaway we finally got that all figured out we got the winners picked we're going to be announcing those at the end of the show and if you do skip forward come on back because we are going to be uh going through some of your questions uh we asked you guys on twitter to send us your mariners questions or non-baseball related questions but we're only answering mariners questions because that's really all you guys asked today so let's get into the first question from max who would you rather trade for brian reynolds or randy arosa reyna which is the better deal which would cost more better fit also do we know if the mariners or rather the rays want to deal randy love the show so Colby, you've talked about playoff Randy quite a bit. So what do you think? Brian Reynolds, Randy or Rosarena? Who are you going with? Yeah, uh, so in a vacuum, I would pick Brian Reynolds. Uh, I think he's a better fit for Seattle. Switch hitter, can play some center field. Just a better overall player as well. Um, but I think the two players are close enough in value to, to me that if a Rosarena were to cost significantly less – which seems unlikely, but if that were the case, then I would I would target a Rosarena. Um, the interesting thing about a Rosarena is that we don't know that the Rays are necessarily shopping him, but he is a lot of people's like favorite dark horse trade candidate because the Rays do stuff like this all the time. So nobody in Tampa is really ever off limits, I guess, except for maybe Wander Franco right now, but. It, it, Tampa's a weird team. They, they'll do stuff like this and then they'll trade guys they don't have to and they'll trade them for bulk uh, sometimes. And, and you're just, they, they do some weird stuff, but it usually works out for them because they're smart. Um, but when you just look at a Rosarena and, and Reynolds, I think Reynolds is a better fit. Um, I think that he checks more of the boxes the Mariners are currently looking for than Randy Rosarena does. He can play a little bit of center field if you need him to. Going to be really good in a corner, better hitter. Um, probably probably lose some some stolen base ability, uh, but that that's about it. So I just think I just think uh, you know Reynolds is a better player, quite honestly, and I think he's a better fit in Seattle. Um, so in a vacuum, again, I would say uh, I would say Reynolds. If you tell me that like Reynolds is going to cost Brash Kelnick, uh, you know Harry Ford and Emerson Hancock, or I can get a Rosarena for the same deal, but like I get to keep. Hancock or something like that, then then I would take a Rosarena, but I just don't see that being likely because uh, Rosarena has four years of club control left. Uh, Reynolds has three, so despite that, I would I would still say uh, I would still pay for uh, Brian Reynolds before I would pay for uh, Randy at Rosarena. Yeah, a Rosarena has the extra year of club control, but he's also never been a six war player before. So uh, I think the value is at the very least even out. And uh, I believe you mentioned this that. 
you know the the teams are differently so i i think the the trade packages would would vary quite a bit uh between the mm-hmm. two teams and what they would want right. so um but for me my pick is reynolds i just like the player better uh, i think he's more you know it's more realistic that he's traded this offseason than randy is because randy is entering the first year of arbitration but he's still not making a significant amount of money uh, the rays don't have to move off of him maybe when we get to year three of arbitration but we're only at year, at year one right now uh then it becomes a conversation um I mean, maybe next year we'll see. The Rays are weird, like you said, but I just I don't think that Randy is going anywhere at least this off season, and so um, that's part of the reason why I'm going with Reynolds. And again, I just I like the player better overall. All right, next question comes from Scott Hilton. Would you prefer the Mariners incrementally get better? And he puts in parentheses Wong and Teo type deals and lose farm talent or work similar to teams like the Guardians, Phillies, Padres, Astros, who were all as good or better than the Mariners last season and add needle moving pieces. I personally would like the team to pack in around the talent that's there instead of just inching forward at the expense of future depth. If Reynolds and Nemo are similar war players, wouldn't you prefer they spend money instead of prospect talent? Colby. Well, uh, first of all, I would ask um, Max. Is that who asked the question? Um, I, I would ask him. No, 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 uh, Scott, 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 Scott. Sorry, sorry, Scott. Uh, I would ask you. You know, like what needle moving mo- moves have the Guardians and the Astros made uh, this winter? Because the Astros are an objectively worse team right now than they were on the last day of, of the World Series. They've lost Justin Verlander. They don't seem to have any. Uh, real desire to go replace him in free agency. Uh, they they have options, but come on, they're they're not going to be Justin Verlander in year one. Uh, they added Abreu, which is nice, but they're still in a deficit right now. They are a worse team than they were at the end of the World Series, and and the Guardians added Josh Bell. Like Teoscar Hernandez is every bit as good of a player and better than than Josh Bell. So why is Josh Bell a needle mover, but Teoscar Hernandez isn't? Um, I would right. also ask, you know, by like, the way, Teoscar Hernandez and Colton Wong both had a higher F4 in 2022 than Josh Bell. Right. And they built bigger needs. So uh, I would also ask, you know, what what talent, farm talent have they given up this offseason? Adam Mako. Good point. I mean, Mako That's is a, a nice prospect, but he's a guy who was on the way down in most prospect ranks. He had trouble throwing strikes. He had trouble staying healthy. He's a six foot nothing lefty who right now is is probably headed to the bullpen now i still like adam Mako. i think he's a good talent mm-hmm. but that's yep. it that you've given up a lottery ticket and and you're sacrificing your farm talent i they haven't done that yet so um and they did it to get a player who's an upgrade and, and that's kind of the other thing is that colton wong and, and teoscar hernandez they're not menial upgrades over what you had last year they're significant upgrades teoscar hernandez in a bit of a down year uh, was still a 127 WRC plus guy, still a two and a half win player. He's a three, three and a half win player, and you know what? He's going to play every day. You can't say that about Mitch Haniger, and you can't say that about Jesse Winker. He's an he's a he's an impressive upgrade. And and you know, fun note from basically June first on, Teoscar Hernandez and Julio Rodriguez were the same hitter. It's it's striking how how similar their numbers are uh, from that point on. So. Uh, and Colton Wong is a significant upgrade. If, if he just repeats what he did last year, the Mariners will have improved their offensive output at second base by 40%. That's not small. That's not nothing, right? That That's pretty significant. Um, 
so you ask, would you, would you rather add impact or, or, you know, kind of build around the edges? Well, obviously the answer is impact. I would like impact. That'd be great, but you can get to a hundred wins a lot of different ways. And the Mariners have added, while they may not be huge names, they have added impact to their lineup. And we're only it, as weird as it is, we're only a month into the off season right now. So I don't, I don't really accept the premise of the question, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, and you know, to answer kind of the final bit of it, would I rather have Reynolds or would I rather have Nimmo? I'd rather trade the prospects for for Reynolds than give Nimmo eight years, 160 million. And remember, you have to beat that, not just give that to him. You have to beat it. Um, otherwise, he's going back to the Mets, which he ended up doing. I would rather trade the prospects because I get a better player, in my estimation, a younger player uh, who's still in his prime, uh, a safer player. Nimmo's missed a lot of time. People seem to overlook that. Um, and I get that guy for a bunch of unknown, uh, cause that's what prospects are at the end of the day. They're unknown quantities. Right. So I just, to me, I, I, I don't scare off because you have to trade, you know, from your farm system because I trust the Mariners player development and I trust their, their, uh, scouting and I trust Jerry DePoto and Hollander and Scott Hunter. And I trust them to kind of replenish that. And they're in a really good spot to do that in this year's draft and international mm-hmm. free agent class. So I would, I, I'm not afraid to trade prospects. I like a lot of people will just spend the money and keep your prospects. Well, maybe, but you get, you get worse players. If you go into free agency, there's a reason these guys make it free agency, right? Very rarely does an absolute stud when no warts get to free agency every single, because, because those guys get signed before they hit free agency. So I would rather go trade for Brian Reynolds than give Nimmo the contract he got. Now the Mariners don't really have any choice right now. Like if if they wanted one or the other, now they have to go trade for Reynolds. But to mm-hmm. me, yeah, I just I don't accept the premise of the question, and I, I think that uh, you know to answer the second part, Reynolds is a better player, so I would rather go get Brian Reynolds. I don't really care about the prospects, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, the thing that I would add, you know, two things to keep in mind with the trade market and why certain teams like the Mariners prefer the trade market. You're going to get younger guys. You have the chance to get younger guys because they're, they're, you're not landing a 24 year old on, on the open market. Just doesn't happen with the way that the, uh, that, that club control works in baseball. The other thing is that, um, you have the inside track on extensions. You get to see firsthand if this guy fits in your ballpark or in your ball club rather and if you want to keep them around and you can do that without handcuffing yourself to you know a considerable amount of your payroll for half a decade over half a decade so that's the other thing to keep in mind as well that's why teams prefer to go that route or certain teams prefer to go that route than spending big on the biggest free agents that hit the open market which you know there are going to be some guys that do hit the open market that are, you know, like Colby said, the guys that don't have any warts like Aaron Judge, but also Aaron Judge turned down $400 million from the San Diego Padres to go back to the New York Yankees, right? So that's the other thing too. Uh, one last thing that I'll add on, on all of this is that, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that you're doing this, Scott, but um, we can't. You know, on one hand, say, oh, I'm concerned about how these prospects are going to perform in the future. I'm concerned about future depth. I'm concerned about sacrificing future depth, all that stuff. And then rag on Jerry DePoto for thinking about 2026. Yeah. Financially. Those things can't coexist. 
that you one contradicts the other. So, yeah. yeah. All right. We got more uh, questions coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. You got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built Puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories. I'm talking 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. And you're probably wondering which new flavor is my favorite. Well, that's an unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all different. So you can order a mixed box and try all five flavors for yourself. Built, you got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 at built.com. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Let's get back into these questions. Starting with Jay Sierra, who asks, given our current offseason moves and some of the blockbuster deals position players are getting, seems the Mariners' focus needs to shift to run prevention. Do you think we have a shot at Kodai Singa, or are the Mariners likely out on all high-profile free agent ads? Colby? I don't think you have a shot at Senga any longer. I think Seattle was very interested. I think the market just got away from him. We're hearing reports that he's got, you know, six-year deals, six guaranteed years on the table from teams. That is a lot to guarantee a, you know, a 30-year-old who's never pitched in the big leagues and, you know, has some questions about whether or not he can stick in the rotation for multiple years in the at the major league level, who has some, you know, some walk issues. He doesn't have pinpoint control or anything like that. Um, and has never gone over 180 innings. We know that sometimes arms that come over from Japan, they struggle to acclimate, you know, to pitching once every five days instead of once a week. Like there are some very real concerns about Senga and giving him six years guaranteed at what is probably going to be more than $20 million AAV. You look at what the market has given Taiwan Walker, what it's given Jamison Tyone. Those guys are solid number fours, but that's their ceiling is a number four pitcher and they're getting $18 million a year. Senga is going to get 20. So are the Mariners going to guarantee Senga six years and $120 million? I, I can't see that happening. And on top of that, we've also heard that Senga wants to pitch in a big market. Is Seattle a big market? I would say no. So I think he's probably headed to the Mets. Maybe the Yankees get involved here. Uh, Boston, possibly uh, the Dodgers. I, I, he's going to go. He wants to go to a big market team and he apparently already has six year offers on the table. I think Seattle's out at that point. And really, Senga's kind of the last guy left of the of the big name free agents who has any shot at at who Seattle had really any shot at. Because they did mm. they're they're Carlos Cray is gonna get like 13 years, 360 million dollars this year. No chance the Mariners are interested in that. And heck, based on what Xander Bogart's got, Dansby's probably asking for two hundred million dollars. 
Mm. They're they're not going to get involved in that. So yeah, I would say Seattle Seattle's going to add like a high impact all star level talent this off season. Another one, it's going to be via the trade market. So, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now to answer your question about run prevention, I I do agree that their focus should uh, shift a little bit to run prevention adding some pitchers most of that is probably going to be minor league contracts getting guys into spring training that could potentially factor into the bullpen competition uh but that other corner outfield spot is really interesting to me and look you got a really nice center field defender in julio rodriguez you got a guy in teoscar hernandez who has all the athleticism in the world but is just fundamentally not a good defender at least statistically speaking uh, I would like for them to shore up the other corner outfield spot. This is why we've talked a lot about Max Kepler, who was first overall in outs above average in right field last year. So someone like that would be preferable. Someone that can play in the field and give you above average defense in a corner spot. This is why I like Andrew Benatendi. Now, considering the money that position players are making, I don't think Andrew Benatendi is actually an option. But someone in that mold. Thank someone in that mold for the other corner outfield spot. This is why, you know, when we talked about J.D. Martinez yesterday, we're saying you cannot put him in the field. You cannot. Can't afford it. Can't do it. No. Uh, This is why I had reservations about Masataka Yoshida. Because, like, while I like the bat a lot, can't defend. He's Jesse Winker out in the field. Maybe slightly better. Who knows? (laughs) Like, but not a significant upgrade. That's a very low bar to clear. So... I want someone significantly better. I want a legitimately good defender in one of my corner spots. And so Max Kepler is potentially that guy. Andrew Benatini is potentially that guy. Probably not, you know, but yeah. So that's where I would like the uh, the Mariners to focus next. Someone, you know, Brian Reynolds is another guy that I think, you know, he had a horrible year in center field last year, but he's going to play pretty well in a corner spot. So that would be great as well. So... Someone like that, and then, yeah, focus on the pitching, and and let's roll, basically. All right, let's get into this next question. It comes from Brett, who wants to know, thoughts on a next realistic move for the Mariners? I read somewhere Evan Longoria could be an interesting option for that first base, third base, uh, DH role. Uh, Maybe Jerks and Profar also. Not flashy signings, but flexible options that are solid. Uh, I actually like the Longoria idea, Colby. He's still hitting quite a bit. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's played 80-something games the last couple of years. Uh, But I think that's an interesting idea. The thing, though, is he's never played first base, and that's a lot harder than, you know, people think, right? (laughs) It's relatively the easiest position to play on the diamond, but that's not saying a a ton. (laughs) It still takes a lot of skill. And for someone that's played exclusively on the hot corner for their entire career, that's not an easy transition, uh, but I do like the Longoria idea. I think that's a solid uh, shot to take. He was like a 115 WRC plus guy this past season, so that would be a really like that would be a sneaky good ad, assuming that he's able to replicate that or come something close to that off of the bench. Um, I also like Profar a little bit. I wouldn't play him in the outfield much personally, but. Uh, I like that idea as well. Is there anyone else that comes to your mind? What do you think about Longoria? What do you think about Profar? Longoria is semi-interesting, but eh, I don't really see a fit. The I, I think if Seattle's going to add an infielder, they're going to add somebody who can play up the middle if you need if you need them to. Um, so I, I just don't really see Longoria as much of a fit. Um, 
I'm kind of out on Profar. I I don't think he's all that good. I I'd probably rather roll with with Kelnick and and like Will Myers to be honest with you. So uh, I'm I'm just not that big of a Profar fan. The versatility doesn't really mean much to me. Um, like I'm not mad if they signed Jerks and Profar. Fine, whatever. But nah, I, I I'd aim higher. Uh, somebody who can potentially be in my lineup every day. I just don't trust Profar to do that. So. Uh, for me, Longoria is a maybe, but it has to be just like an insanely good deal, like five million bucks. Uh, Profar, I still aim higher. I, I I think you can do better in the corner outfield than, than Jerks and Profar, but um, like I, I I would rather just give AJ Pollock the money and and let Pollock and and Kalnick be my left fielder, and then Dylan Moore and, and Sam Haggerty on my bench as my utility guys. So uh, kind of out on Profar, uh, just just not. Not not a guy. Not a guy I'm interested in. Next question. Daisy and the Dingo wants to know, would the starting pitching premiums this offseason raise the value of the Mariners' younger pitching prospects like Bryce Miller, Taylor Dollard, and Emerson Hancock? I think it really depends on the team and how close the team, the acquiring team, thinks uh, uh, you know Hancock and Dollard and Miller and even Brian Wu are. Um, hint, hint. You know, there's there's one team out there that hopefully thinks that uh, <laughs> that may or may not have a corner outfielder the Mariners are trying to acquire right now. Um, again, yeah, like I said, I think it, it really just depends on the team. It depends on the situation. It's going to be like a younger team that they're trading away, uh, you know, a player uh, that you're hoping they, you know, they like a Hancock or a Wu or someone like that. And that might be a, a pretty big part of it. What do you think? No, I think trying to extract value from minor leaguers due to a hot major league market doesn't work. Mm. Like, because hypothetically, right? Let's say it's the Orioles, right? And the Orioles want starting pitching help and, and they go on the market and everybody's so expensive. They'll be like, oh, well, we'll just start Emerson Hancock. We'll go trade for Emerson Hancock and he'll be a starter for us. Like, really? You want you want to start Emerson Hancock in the major leagues? in 2023 and you're going to pay the Mariners a, a pretty decent price to get an unproven starting pitcher to be your number five. Hmm. No, I think the Orioles would just go sign Jordan Lyles for 8 million bucks, sure. you know? So I just, I don't see that the prospects are, are more valuable because of the hot pitching market, because really dollars, the only one who's major league ready at this stage. And, and he's probably nothing more than a number five. So I, I just, no, I, I don't think they're correlated all that much. Um, I think the the market on flexing is going to be correlated more to the hot free agency sure. than than any of the prospect arms. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I guess my aspect or the aspect that I was going with is just like if you're a young team that's like I just need innings, but maybe I could use those innings on someone that's actually interesting, and I don't have anyone that's interesting. Maybe that makes sense instead of just going and paying eight million dollars to Jordan Lyles for no reason. <laughs> but right, but I, I think a team that's like, oh, let's just see what we can get yeah. out of this guy is is a team that you know that like they don't care about starting. Like you know, they are they're losers. I mean, essentially, that's what they are. Right, they're going into twenty twenty three saying we're a bad. Team. Yeah, we're we're trash. Yeah. And so they're going to go out and they're going to try and get in Emerson Hancock or Taylor Dollar because they like them long term, not just because yeah. the free agent market is, is sure. really hot yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Final question of the day comes from Scott Judy. 
Is there a player slash trade the Mariners were linked to and didn't get that you look back and wish they would have done whatever uh, it was needed to get it done? Um, there's one that sticks out in my mind. No. There is one that sticks out in my mind. Maybe you'll agree when I say it. Maybe you're not for, Maybe you're not remembering. There was a time where Jeff McNeil was a part of that Jared Kelnick and... Uh, Justin, allegedly. Justin Dunn deal. Allegedly. 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 Never confirmed. But that one but, that one is painful. That one is painful. Uh right. I mean I'm not again, saying that they just swapped out true. Gerson Bautista or uh, or uh, Jeff McDeal for Gerson Bautista. I'm not saying that exactly, but it it does hurt when you heard that it could have been potentially, allegedly, Jared Kelnick, Justin Dunn, and Jeff McNeil. Asked. Yeah. Yeah. The Mariners asked about that. Like, that's as far as I'm willing to go. So, because that's not like confirmed by anybody, no, uh, I, I don't count that. Are we talking just the Poto era? Is, does the question specify? Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. But because you remember when, when Jackson Rinzik, um, had a shot at David Price in 2014, and they could have gone Felix Price and Iwakuma, <laughs> and they got involved in the in the David Price deal. <laughs> they were in the Price deal, but they didn't want to give up Taiwan Walker for like a year and a half of David Price. Yeah. So instead, they gave up Nick Franklin for a year and a half of Austin Jackson. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that that's that's ooh, that one hurts. Yeah. Um, and then I guess you go all the way back to like 2000. I wasn't even a fan of the team at that point. I barely knew baseball was a thing. Long Gonzalez in the year 2000. Yeah, but Joel Pinheiro for Juan Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, that probably should have done. And Pinheiro was was pretty good for Seattle for a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, you probably still should have done that trade. So yeah, uh, no, because like, I mean, I I hate doing this too. By the way, like, I get why it's a fun question. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I hate like, oh, they should have done Re- that deal. Revisionist history, so hindsight oh, is twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just like. Like I've I've always loved the idea. Like I would love an idea of like a book that of like trades that almost were, and like why they didn't happen. Because the trades that don't happen are almost always more fascinating than the trades that do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just don't have a lot of info. Like we don't we know maybe one percent of the talks that happen right. between major league front offices. So um, yeah, if Jeff McNeil was actually part of that deal, then then yeah, that that would been a bummer. But like. What Jerry shouldn't have pulled the trigger unless they they added Jeff McNeil? No, so it's it's kind of a tough question to answer. But yeah, like all the reports were they're like, yeah, you know, if if Jackson Rinzik had traded Taiwan Walker, they could have gotten David Price for a year and a half. I think it was a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I just that 2014 bullpen as good as that was, and then you go Felix, Iwakuma, mm. Price. Ugh. It hurts. You might, it hurts. You you might have been the Royals. It hurts. Yeah, you you, le- you legitimately might have been the Kansas City Royals. So it hurts. Yeah, that that one stings. A little World bit, Series yeah. MVP Logan Morrison. <laughs> Heck yeah, Lomo. Yeah, Lomo. Uh, Never remembered how many outs there were, but yeah. <laughs> hey, remember? You know he remember when he run. got innings in the outfield? That was fun. That was a fun time. The Jackson Rinzik era was wild, man. It was. It was something. Uh. Jack Zarenzik looks at this uh, past year's Phillies team and sheds a, a tear. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. yeah. That that was his dream team. That's what he was trying yep. to build in Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. It's time. Let's uh, announce who's getting your cards, Colby. So we're, we reached four goals. Thank you so much mm-hmm. to all those that helped us get there. 
Uh, we got well over 5,000 YouTube subscribers. We have moved on past 3,000 followers on Twitter. So we're giving away four cards. Taylor Dollard, Taylor Trammell, Cal Raleigh, Jerry Kelnick, all signed. And let's start with the Dollard card. The Dollard card is going to Papa Freddy Fred. Congratulations. So the thing that we should say here is that um, you got to claim this. In order for you to get it, you got to claim this by Monday show. That's what we agreed on, right, Colby? Yeah, you have the weekend. Yeah, so you have the weekend. And all you have to do is email us at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. It's also in our description below if you're uh, watching on YouTube or if you're just listening to the audio version of this. It's in the description of the show. Uh, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. Email us. Send us your shipping address and uh, we'll get it out to you. Colby will get it out to you. All right. Next card. Taylor Trammell. Who's that going to? Scott Judy, who asked us our last question. Yeah. Double dipped. Okay. There we go, Scott. Big day for you. So yeah. you are taking home the uh, Taylor Trammell signed card. Good for you, Scott. Congrats. Yep. Uh, all right. <laughs> this one's my favorite because <laughs> it's such it's such a great pairing. The winner of the Big Dumper Cal Raleigh signed card winner is named Thunder Valley. Thunder <laughs> Valley and Big Dumper. What what a combo. What a combo. Congratulations, Thunder go. Valley. Again, yep. email LockedOnMariners at gmail.com with your shipping address, all that stuff, and uh, Colby will get it out to you. Congratulations. And finally, the winner of the Sign Jared Kelnick card, which was our biggest skull. Uh, it was uh, 4,500 YouTube subscribers, which that wasn't our biggest goal on YouTube, but we also added the uh, caveat of 3,000 Twitter followers, and that was our last goal that we ended up getting to over the course of this giveaway. And the winner of the Jerry Kelnick card is Brandon Moore. Brandon Moore, congratulations. Send us your shipping info to LockdownMariners at gmail.com. And Colby will get it out to you. So thank you again to everyone that entered, everyone that par- participated. We're going to be doing more uh, giveaways over uh, the course of the off season and to the regular season. And this time I will be forking over the uh, the, the giveaways. It will not be Colby. Colby's uh-huh. done for a while. Colby's done giving away his stuff for a little bit. He's going to take a break. I'm going to step I'm in. Sure. I'm going to. St- no, 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 no. Trust. Trust. Uh-huh. Big trust. Big trust. So let's go there. <laughs> so yeah, uh, thank you again to everyone, and uh, congratulations to all of our winners. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out for more giveaways. So that's gonna do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at lo underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's C A N E G N Z L Z, and Colby at C Pat Eleven. That's C P A T One One. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day it's available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts just like us and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend and we'll see you next week peace